Chapter 5 of The Mystic Will. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Roz Mason. The Mystic Will by Charles Godfrey Leland. Chapter 5 Will and Character. And I have felt a presence that disturbs me with the joy of elevated thoughts, a sense sublime of something far more deeply interposed, whose dwelling is all in the mind of man, a motion and a spirit that impels all thinking things. Wordsworth As the vast majority of people are not agreed as to what really constitutes a gentleman, while a great many seem to be practically, at least, very much abroad as to the nature of a Christian, so it will be found that, in fact, there is a great deal of difference as regards the will. I have known many men, and some women, to be credited by others, and who very much credited themselves, with having iron wills, when, in fact, their every deed, which was supposed to prove it, was based on brazen want of conscience. Mere want of principle or unscrupulousness passes with many, especially its possessors, for strong will. And even decisions of character itself, as McGinn remarks, is often confounded with talent. A bold woman always gets the name of clever, among fools, though her intellect may be of a humble order and her knowledge contemptible. Among the vulgar, especially those of greedy, griping race and blood, the children of the thief, a robber of the widow and orphan, the scamp of the syndicate, and soulless promoter in South or North America, bold robbery or selfishness without scruple or timidity always appears as will. But it is not the whole of the real thing or real will in itself. When Mucius Caius Savola thrust his hand into the flames, no one would have greatly admired his endurance if it had been found that the hand was naturally insensible and felt no pain. Nor would there have been any plaudits for Marcus Curtius when he leapt into the gulf, had he been so drunk as not to know what he was about. The will which depends on unscrupulousness is like the benumbed hand or intoxicated soul. Quench conscience as a sense of right and obligation, and you can, of course, do a great deal from which another would shrink, and therefore be called weak-minded by the fools. There is another type of person who imposes on the world and on self as being strong-minded and gifted with will. It is the imperturbable, cool being, always self-possessed, with little sympathy for emotion. In most cases, 
such minds result from artificial training, and they break down in real trials. I do not say that they cannot weather a storm or a duel, or stand fire, or get through what novelists regard as superlative stage trials, but in a moral crisis, the gentleman or lady whose face is all Corinthian brass is apt, like that brass, in a fire to turn pale. These folk get an immense amount of undeserved admiration as having will or self-command when they owe what staying quality they have, like the preceding class, rather to a lack of good qualities than their inspiration. There are, alas, not a few who regard will as simply identical with mere obstinacy or stubbornness, the immovability of the ass or bull or bear, that is, they reduce it to an animal power. But as this often or generally amounts in animal or man to mere insensible sulkiness, as far remote as possible from enlightened mental action, it is surely unjust to couple it with the voluntary or pure intelligent will by which all must understand the very acme of active intellect. Therefore, it follows that the errors, mistakes, and perversions which have grown about will in popular opinion, like those which have accumulated round Christianity, are too often mistaken for the truth. Pure will is and must be, by its very nature, perfectly free. For the more it is hindered or hampered or controlled in any way, the less is it independent volition. Therefore, pure will, free from all restraint, can only act in or as moral law. Acting in accordance with very mean, immoral, obstinate motives is, so to speak, obeying as a slave the devil. The pure the motive, the purer the will, and in very truth, the purer, the stronger, or firmer. Every man has his own idea of will according to his morality, even as it is said that every man's conception of God is himself infinitely magnified, or, as Sidney Smith declared, that a certain small clergyman believed that St. Paul was five feet two inches in height and wore a shovel hat. And here we may note that if the fundamental definition of a gentleman be a man of perfect integrity, or one who always does simply what is right, he is also one who possesses will in its integrity. Therefore it follows that if the pure will, which is the basis of all firm and determined action, be a matter of moral conviction, it should take the first place as such. Napoleon I 
was an exemplar of a selfish corrupted will christ the perfection of will in its purity and if i can make my meaning clear i would declare that he who would create within himself a strong and vigorous will by hypnotism or any other process will be most likely to succeed if instead of aiming at developing a power by which he may subdue others and make all things yield to him or similar selfish aims he shall before all seriously reflect on how he may use it to do good for i am absolutely persuaded from what i know that he who makes altruism and the happiness of others a familiar thought to be coupled with every effort even as a lamb is always painted with or appointed unto st john will be the most likely to succeed there is something in moral conviction or the consciousness of right which gives a sense of security or a faith in success which goes far to secure it hence the willing the mind on the following day to be at peace not to yield to irritability or temptations to quarrel to be pleasing and cheerful in short to develop good qualities is the most easily effected process because where there is such self-moral suasion to a good aim or end we feel and very justly that we ought to be aided by the deus in nobis or an overruling providence whatever its form or nature may be and the experimenter may be assured that if we can by any means will or exorcise all envy vanity folly irritability vindictiveness in short all evil out of ourselves and supply their place with love we shall take the most effective means to secure our own happiness as well as that of others all of this has been repeated very often of late years by altruists but while the doctrine is accepted both by agnostics and christians as perfect there has been little done to show men how to practically realize it but i have ever noted that in this pilgrim's progress of our life those are most likely to attain to the celestial city and all its golden glories who like christian start from the lowliest beginnings and as the learning our letters leads to reading the greatest books so the simplest method of directing the attention and the most mechanical means of developing will may promptly lead to the highest mental and moral effect prayer is generally regarded as nothing else but an asking or begging from a superior power but it is also something which is really very different from this 
It is a formula by means of which man realizes his faith and will. Tradition and habit, of whose power I have spoken, or repetition, have given it the influence or prestige of a charm. In fact, it is a spell. He who utters it feels assured that if seriously repeated, it will be listened to, and that the power to whom it is addressed will hear it. The Florentines all round me as I write, who repeat daily, Pate nostro, Kisincel, Santificeturie, Nome Tume, in words which they do not understand, do not pray for daily bread or anything else in the formula. They only realize that they commune with God and are being good. An intelligent prayer in this light is the concentration of thought on a subject or a definite realization. Therefore, if when willing that tomorrow I shall be calm all day or void of irritation, I put the will or wish into a brief and clear form, it will aid me to promptly realize or feel what I want. And it will be a prayer in its reality, addressed to the unknown power or to the will within us, an invocation or a spell according to the mind of him who makes it. Thus, a seeker may repeat I will, earnestly and deeply, that during all tomorrow I may be in a calm and peaceful state of mind. I will, with all my heart, that if irritating or annoying memories or images or thoughts of any kind are in any way awakened, that they may be promptly forgotten and fade away. I would advise that such a formula be got by heart till very familiar, to be repeated but not mechanically before falling to sleep. What is of the very utmost importance is that the operator shall feel its meaning and at the same time give it the impulse of will by the dual process before described. This, if successfully achieved, will not fail, at least with most minds, to induce success. This formula, or spell, will be sufficient for some time. When we feel that it is really beginning to have an effect, we may add to it other wishes. That is to say, be it clearly understood that by repeating the will to be calm and peaceful day after day, it will assuredly begin to come of itself, even as a pigeon which hath been told every day at a certain hour to find corn or crumbs in a certain place, will continue to go there even if the food cease. However, you may renew the first formula if you will. 
then we may add gradually the wish to be in a bold or courageous frame of mind so as to face trials as follows i will with all my soul earnestly and truly that i may be on the morrow and all the day deeply inspired with courage and energy with self-confidence and hope may it lighten my heart and make me heedless of all annoyances and vexations which may arise should such come in my way may i hold them at no more than their real value or laugh them aside proceed gradually and firmly through the series never trying anything new until the old has fully succeeded this is essential for failure leads to discouragement then in time fully realizing all its deepest meaning so as to impress the imagination one may will as follows may my quickness of perception or intuition aid me in the business which i expect to undertake tomorrow i will that my faculty of grasping at details and understanding their relations shall be active may it draw from my memory the hidden things which will aid it the artist or literary man or poet may in time earnestly will to this effect i desire that my genius my imagination the power which enables man to combine and create the poetic or artist spirit whatever it may be may act in me tomorrow awakening great thoughts and suggesting for them beautiful forms he who expects to appear in public as an orator as a lawyer pleading a case or as a witness will do much to win success if after careful forethought or reflecting on what it is that he really wants he will repeat i will that tomorrow i may speak or plead with perfect self-possession and absence of all timidity or fear finally we may after long and earnest reflection on all which i have said and truly not till then resolve on the master spell to awaken the will itself in such a form that it will fill our soul as it were unto which intent it is necessary to understand what will really means to us in its purity and integrity the formula may be i will that i may feel inspired with the power aided by calm determination to do what i desire aided by a sense of right and justice to all may my will be strong and sustain me in all trials 
may it inspire that sense of independence of strength which, allied to a pure conscience, is the greatest source of happiness on earth. If the reader can master this last, he can by its aid progress infinitely. And with the few spells which I have given, he will need no more, since in these lie the knowledge and key and suggestion to all which may be required. Now it will appear clearly to most that no man can long and steadily occupy himself with such pursuits without morally benefiting by them in his waking hours, even if auto-hypnotism were all mere imagination in the most frivolous sense of the word. For he who will himself not to yield to irritability can hardly avoid paying attention to the subject and thinking thereon, check himself when vexed. And, as I have said, what we summon by will ere long remains as habit, even as the elves called by a spell remain in the tower. Therefore it is of great importance for all people who take up and pursue to any degree of success this art or science, that they shall be actuated by moral and unselfish motives, since achieved with any other intent, the end can only be the bringing of evil and suffering into the soul. For as the good, by strengthening the will, make themselves promptly better and holier, so he who increases it merely to make others feel his power will become with it wickeder, yea, and thrice accursed. For what is the greatest remedy is often the strongest poison. Step by step, science has advanced of late to the declaration that man thinks all over his body, or at least experiences those reflected sensations or emotions which are so strangely balanced between intellectual sense and sensation that we hardly know where or how to class them. The sensitive plexi of our whole organism are all either isolated or thrown into simultaneous vibration when acted on by thought. So the will may be found acting unconsciously as an emotion or instinct, or developed with the highest forms of conscious reflection. Last of all, we find it probably as the result of all associated functions or powers at the head of all, their executive president. But is it the exponent of correlated forces? There indeed doctors differ. There is a very curious Italian verb, invogliare, which is thus described in a dictionary of idioms. Invogliare 
is to inspire a will or desire. Cubiditatem iniceri amuvere. To invogliare anyone is to awake in him the will or the ability or capacity, an earnest longing or appetite, an ardent wish. Alicuius re cupiditatem a desiderium aligni movere to bring into action a man's hankering solicitude anxiety yearning ardor predilection love fondness and relish or aught which savors of willing our english word inveigle is derived from it but we have none precisely corresponding to it which so generally sets forth the idea of inspiring a will in another person. Suggestion is far more general and vague. Now, if a man could thus in will himself to good or moral purpose, he would assume a new position in life. We all admit that most human beings have defects or faults of which they would gladly be freed, however incorrigible they appear to be, but they have not the patience to effect a cure, to keep to the resolve, or prevent it from fading out of sight. For a vast proportion of all minor sins, or those within the law, there is no cure sought. The offender says and believes it is too strong for me. And yet these small, unpunished offenses cause a thousand times more suffering than all the great crimes. Within a generation, owing to the great increase of population, prosperity, and personal comfort, nervous susceptibility has also gained in extent. But there has been no check to petty abuse of power, selfishness, which always comes out in some form of injustice or wrong, or similar vexations. Nay, what with the disproportionate growth of vulgar wealth, this element has rapidly increased, and it would really seem as if the plague must spread ad infinitum unless some means can be found to invogliare and inspire the offenders with a sense of their sins and move them to reform. And it is more than probable that if all who are at heart sincerely willing to reform their morals and manners could be brought to keep their delinquencies before their consciousness in the very simple manner which I have indicated, the fashion or mode might at least be inaugurated. For it is not so much a moral conviction or an appeal to common sense which is needed, as writers on ethics all seem to think, but some practical art of keeping men up to the mark in endeavoring to reform or to make them remember it all day long, since, out of sight, 
out of mind, is the devil's greatest help with weak minds. End of chapter 5 Recording by Roz Mason in Portland, Oregon rosmason.com r-a-z-m-a-s-o-n dot com